I was exchanging emails with someone over the weekend who was struggling with some unhelpful behaviors. In his case, it was about overeating, but it could just as easily have been overspending, overdrinking, overworking, procrastinating, any of the many, many ways we find to undermine our health and our well-being. And he wrote, I do really well for a couple of days, and then I go totally off the rails again. It is such a vicious cycle. I just need to be more disciplined. And if there's something that you are struggling to change, I bet you've thought the same thing. But I actually don't think that being more disciplined is necessarily the answer. And today, I'm talking with someone who found a better way to create positive change and momentum, which led to some dramatic improvements in her health. All right, all right, everyone, take your seats or lace up your sneaks. We're about to get started. Welcome to the Change Academy podcast. I'm your host, Monica Reinagle, and in this show, we talk about what it takes to create healthier mindsets and habits in our own lives, as well as how we can create healthier communities and workplaces. Whether you're working on your own health and well-being or promoting healthy behaviors is your job, we're going to talk about what works, what's hard, what's needed, and what's next. Let's jump in. Today, I want you to meet Patricia. She's one of our clients in the Way Less program, which, by the way, is now once again open for new members. If you'd like to join us, all the details are at wayless.life slash enroll. But it was such a pleasure to support Patricia in her work in the program. She really embodied this quality of compassionate curiosity, something that we're always talking about and striving for. And she really applied that both toward her own process and toward the other people in the community. And it made this work so much more relaxed and joyful, and as you'll hear, so much more successful than it is when we're just trying to clamp down on ourselves and be more disciplined. I think it's so helpful to see this modeled, and I want you to hear about it from someone besides me. So here is my conversation with Patricia. And always, as you listen, I invite you to think about how the specifics of this story and this conversation translate into whatever you're working on and the kind of effort or attitude that you are currently applying to that work. Welcome to the Change Academy podcast, Patricia. Thank you. Happy to be here. So almost a year ago now, you decided to join our Weight Less Coaching Program, which of course is focused on sustainable weight loss. And I remember at the very beginning, you said you wanted to explore some of the beliefs and the thought patterns that you had around food that just didn't feel healthy to you. I have to tell you, at the time, I was really impressed because most of the people who come into our work together are focused, especially at the beginning, they're either focused on the behaviors that they want to change or a goal that they have for this work. And in this case, that's often a weight loss goal. And one of the things that we do in the program, as you now know, is to start peeling back the layers on those goals and those behaviors to investigate the beliefs that are driving them. But you were already there. So how did you know that those stories, those beliefs were the thing that you wanted to work on, the thing that needed to change in order to then create new behaviors and the results that you wanted to see? I'm a regular meditator. Mm. The meditation that I do is noticing 
thoughts as well as other things. And the realization that thoughts are not necessarily true. Right. They may be present, they may be persistent, but they don't necessarily need to be followed. So you were very much primed with that experience as you came into this program. And that gave you such a leg up, I think, in doing the work that we were doing together. Right, right. I think that there would have been a different starting place for me had I not already come to the realization that my behaviors, even if they seemed pretty automatic, were still probably a result of some thoughts that I was having, Mm -hmm. some belief systems. Right. And sometimes we have to work with people for several months just to get to that starting point. So you obviously came in with a little bit of forward momentum and you did end up rewriting some of those stories. But before we talk about what's changed for you over the last year that we've been working together, I want to take you back to that moment when you were trying to decide, should I do this? Is this a good fit for me? Was that an easy decision for you or a tough one to decide to to make this commitment to this program? It was a little bit of a tough decision. Um, it wasn't something that I took lightly. I wanted to try to make the best decision that I could. I wanted to make sure that I wasn't just throwing money at a program and saying, okay, this is my next attempt. This is the next thing I'll try to do to Mm -hmm. get where I wanted to go. And it seemed like a nearly ideal program to be in. What made it seem that way? Approaching this process from so many different directions, having coaches, having a community, and having a a good, nice length of time to implement Mm -hmm. these approaches and practice them and experiment. That's so important, the time to experiment, the time to try and maybe stumble back up, try again. And when we're in a in a big hot hurry, we don't have time for that. Right, right. And a month-long program can seem nice, but a month does pass by pretty quickly. <laughs> in the context of our entire lives and the patterns that we've spent years and decades reinforcing, yeah, it's It does seem a little unrealistic to think that in a month we could reverse all that programming and be firmly in a new groove. Well, in any case, I'm so glad that you did feel like the program was such a good fit for you in so many ways, because I have to say you were such a good fit for us. I really admired from the very beginning the the ethic that you brought to the work. You were really open to discovery. You were able to bring a lot of curiosity without judgment. Early on, within the first couple of months, I I remember you commenting that you were really appreciating the increased awareness that you had of choices that were previously invisible to you. You said, realizing that I have some agency helps me feel empowered, and that increases my resolve. What did you mean by choices that were previously invisible? Yeah. So I don't think that I had uh, realized previously that I was making so many small choices that I wasn't cognizant as being choices. So I would go into the kitchen maybe while I was on a quick work break and grab some snacks without really giving it much 
thought or just, you know, even more subtle decisions that I was making and behaviors that I didn't realize if I backed up, there was a choice being made there. Right. Which realizing that there are actually choices being made, of course, then opens up a whole world of alternate choices that can be made. But when we don't even see, I'm choosing something right now, those alternate choices are are also invisible, right? Yes, exactly. And, you know, the same thing applies to how I move throughout the day. So not just food, but if I wasn't thinking about it, then I would sit at my desk all day. But then realizing that there are other options and there are other choices, then I can be more dynamic and change my position throughout the day. Yeah. Which just pays off in so many ways. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, in any long-term project like this, I think almost everyone has a moment or moments when they're tempted to give up. And I don't know if you ever really got to the point where you're tempted to completely throw in the towel, but I, but I do remember about four months in, you did have a little bit of a sort of comeuppance because you wrote in the forum, I've experienced a backslide of sorts, and I know that most weeks I'm not putting forth the effort to match the results I'd like to see. So kind of completing that loop, right? The, the, uh, the outcome is actually the result of, you know, of the choices that I'm making. So when you kind of saw that for what it was, you sort of renewed your commitment to some of the practices that we had suggested that you had earlier in the program. You said I was originally kind of resistant to that, but maybe it's time to lean in to those practices. When you look back on that now, does that feel like a turning point? There was no point in this program where I thought this isn't going the way I wanted. Why don't I just quit? (laughs) Why don't I step away? Um, That didn't happen. But I did at times wonder, am I putting the effort forth that is needed to get to where I want? Or rather, am I happy with the effort that I'm putting forth? Am I going to finish the program with some regrets as to the effort that I put in while I was in the program with the support of coaches and the community? Really good questions to ask. Right. Because life changes, things come up. And of course, there's naturally going to be some weeks or days or a month when we just can't put in the same amount of time and effort. But the tools are always there. You know, the way it was presented, you can always go back and do a topic again. Mm -hmm. You can refresh yourself. You can then, you know, double time for a while and (laughs) do more. Just to be clear to people listening, it's not like this was a two, three, four hours a week kind of a homework situation. I mean, the in a way, the amount of time required is fairly minimal, but without sort of consistent application, it gets away from you. You know, you have to kind of continue. I like the way you said that you kind of continue to return to it and and refresh your engagement and your your motivation, you know, but it wasn't really a matter of like, I just didn't have that six hours this week, right? Right. No, it was nothing like that. It really just did require a little bit of set aside time mm-hmm. where you're just giving your attention to that. And, and sometimes a week goes by and you haven't 
yeah. sat down and focused in on the material. But then you come back. But then, right. But then you come back and I won't say catch up. <laughs> then you can come back Resume. And, and work at your own pace. Yeah. Well, it reminds me a lot of, of meditation instructions where you realize that your mind has drifted and maybe you realize, oh, it started drifting quite a few minutes ago. <laughs> but at that point, you just return. You just return to the object of your focus. And it's not the fact that your that your attention wavered or that your focus wavered. All that matters is that when you realized it, you come back. You can, and that can happen as often as needed. Right. You yeah. can always start again. Right. Right. Because we are never actually finished with this work, right? This is a, a right. process by which we learn to understand what is driving our choices and our behaviors. And to the extent that they are not creating the outcomes we want to create, how do we how do we align them? And as you just said, life is constantly changing. So that's going to be an ongoing process. Always. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I want to zip forward in time because just a couple of months ago, you shared with the group that you had gotten some good news from your doctor and that for the first time in quite a while, many, many years, you actually were not in that category that is described as pre-diabetic. It was kind of a big deal. Tell me what that meant for you. Yeah, it meant a lot to be able to see the concrete numbers and see I have some control <laughs> over what's going on with my body. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we don't feel that way, that we have control and we're struggling and having kind of a, a losing battle with our bodies. And, mm. and, and so this was a way for me to really kind of gain some confidence about the possibilities of what I could do. Right. And not through some really strict or heroic regimen, but just from consistently applying those small modifications that it could have that dramatic an impact. Yes. And notably, it wasn't, it wasn't something really difficult for right. me to do. Really, the hurdle was just seeing that I could do this, that this is an option of something that I mm. could do. Mm -hmm. And getting around my prior beliefs about it was the, the biggest part of it. Yeah, I want to talk about that because you were doing some experimentation around meal timing. And, and then you said you had to rewrite a story that you had been telling yourself for 25 years, namely that for you, for your body, you need to eat really often. Or it, you're going to suffer and everyone around you is going to suffer. <laughs> and you kind of wondered whether that might be a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy, that that story about needing to eat frequently in order to manage your blood sugar might actually be contributing to the blood sugar issues that you were concerned about. Yes, exactly. That was such an epiphany that this was not just how I am and how I will always be. This is something I was actually causing. And that had never occurred to me before. Wow. And so just trying some things differently to see what would happen was what kind of opened the door for that epiphany. And that's, of course, the antithesis of a situation where you feel like, okay, there is one right way. And I have chosen my, my guru. <laughs> and I am team intermittent fasting or I am team keto. And I, you know, 
It was more that, well, what happens if I do this? What happens if I do that? How do I feel? How does it work? And I think that spirit of experimentation was what made that possible. Right. Yes, it was. It was helpful to be open to that. And that was a a large part of the coaching that I received Mm -hmm. was being open to experimenting. And that puts it in a different perspective. So you're not feeling that you have to commit to something for a long period of time. You can just try something out. Well, I, I love what you wrote about this. And in fact, we've all been kind of riffing on this in the forum ever since. You, you wrote a little note. You said, dear story, we've had our laughs and our drama, but now we must part ways. This is where I leave you. <laughs> and yeah, I think we've all been writing those little notes to our story since then, following your example. This is, we've had our laughs, but this is where I leave you. How empowering to be able to take a story that had been dominating your story about what was possible for, I think you said, 25 years and be like, okay, we're done. I'm going a different way now. Yeah, that was so much fun. <laughs> it was fun for us too. <laughs> yes, that was something that I held so closely. I gripped onto so tightly for so long and it never occurred to me that it was possibly untrue. I think at that point, I realized that there were so many other possibilities, possible stories out there that maybe I, I'm not as cognizant of. And so now when I, I have a certain thought about what I can and can't do, I begin to question that. Well, and it's such a gentle way to question it because it's really like, oh, does this belong in the fiction section or in the nonfiction section? You know, it doesn't mean we have to throw the book out. We could just file it correctly. But But there's something about that formulation that is that is so gentle and so forgiving. Yes. And that's what I kind of like about all of this is there's a kind of tender approach. Mm. So we're not berating ourselves yeah. for having these stories that maybe aren't built completely on truth. And, and that's okay because that's just the human condition. Absolutely. Or perhaps once we're true and are not true anymore. Exactly. Patricia, I have to say, I also really appreciated the way you contributed to the community, our group of, of people. You were you know, very open about your own process, that I, which I think was very helpful for other people who might not have felt as able to articulate and very generous in the way you were supportive of others and offered feedback to them when they would bring challenges or observations. I also really appreciated the fact that you did not hesitate to ask for support, to ask for input or clarification when you needed it, because that can be surprisingly difficult, even when you're in a, a situation where that, that's kind of what you're there for. That is, those are the rules of the game. And yet sometimes people still find it difficult to ask for support. So that was just so wonderful to see. I wonder, you, you referenced it uh, briefly before, but I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about the role that this community environment and, and that group support played for you in, in your process. You certainly had a very positive impact on, on the group. Well, that's really nice to hear. I, I want people to know that they're not alone in their struggle and that someone out there is, is listening. Mm-hmm. And I think that being vulnerable in a space like this can be really helpful because we're we're all trying to feel our way through and being able to see that this is so common. Yeah. 
that we're, we're not alone in this. It helps me to feel like I'm providing support to others. That energizes me to put more into this program for myself. And, you know, of course, what we get out of it is directly proportionate to what we put into it. And one of the reasons that I am so attracted to this particular style of, of coaching where we have small groups of people who are supporting each other and in that community is because I feel like when, for those who, who decide, I want to show up, I want to support other people, I want to just everything that you were just saying. I want people to know that they're not alone, that we share some of these things. In the process, I often see people tap into insight, wisdom, support that they're offering to other people that they can also really use for themselves, but might not have accessed on their own behalf. You know, so it's almost a sort of a stealth way for us to access our the mechanisms that we can use to support ourselves, because sometimes it's easier to offer it to somebody else first. Yes, absolutely. I think we we all have these untapped bits of knowledge, and it may be easier to see how they can be applied in someone else's situation first. Yes. And then there's a realization that we can apply it to ourselves too. So it's a really nice reminder. Exactly. So what's next for you? Do you have other goals or objectives on your list? I'm I'm curious how you might take the insights that we've worked on in our program over the last year, how you might apply that to the way you pursue your next goals. Yeah, I, I see this as an ongoing process. Mm-hmm. I'll continue to look for ways that I can better my life so that I'm living a, a healthier, well-rounded life. And there are still so many tools that I haven't applied to to my life yet that we have learned over the last year. And so any habits that I'm wanting to put an end to, any good habits that I'm wanting to help establish, any tweaks for a healthier life, I know that I can apply these same tools to those as well. How lovely. Okay, just a couple fun questions for you. What would today you say to year ago you? If you could go back in time, what might you want year ago you to know? I would want to remind myself that even though the doubts are there, I do have the ability to make healthy changes and to make them in a way that they feel good, that there's no struggle, and that I have so much more potential than I had realized before. Oh, maybe a new story is being written. Yeah, I like the new story. (laughs) I want to give you so much credit for the work that you've done and you continue to do and the, the way that you've approached that. You've really been an inspiration to me and I know to others in the group. And I'm so grateful to have a chance to debrief with you a little bit. And I trust that that our shared journey is not over yet. Thank you so much. I am so glad that I made the decision to join this program. And I, well, I'm so excited about what the future holds because in projecting forward, I think five years from now, I'll realize this year, I accomplished so much, but also it was just the beginning. I see a lot of potential for what's ahead. I love that. And let's let that be the, the final word. Thank you so much, Patricia. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. 
Here are a few takeaways for you. Number one, instead of focusing on the behaviors you're trying to change, take a look at the thoughts and the beliefs that are driving these behaviors. Number two, when it comes to lasting behavior change, self-awareness will get you a lot further than willpower. Number three, if you're frustrated with your results, ask yourself if you're happy with the effort that you are putting in to create them. Number four, being able to ask for and accept help or support is an underrated superpower. And finally, offering support to others is a great way to access wisdom and insight that can be applied to your own situation. And I also have a few questions for you to reflect on. What if achieving your goals, changing your behavior, were not about being more disciplined? What if you were instead to resolve to be more curious? How would that change how it feels to be working on this, to be a work in progress? What might you learn that would have an impact far beyond the specific thing that you're currently working on? I really want you to think about that because this is something that I often hear from the people that we've worked with in the Wayless program, that the approach that we take there of cultivating a spirit of investigation and experimentation very often ends up having ripple effects that ripple out into other areas of their life in ways that they hadn't expected, their relationships, their work life, and so on. And finally, what stories or beliefs are you holding on to right now that might not be true, that might actually be part of the problem? Is it time for you to write a dear story, this is where I leave you note? If some of those beliefs or stories are about food or eating or your body or your weight, and you'd like to learn how to use compassionate curiosity to unravel and rewrite those stories, that's what we do in the Wayless program. Come join us. You can learn more at wayless.life slash enroll. All right. Thanks, everyone. This has been the Change Academy podcast with Monica Reinagel. Our show is produced by me, Brock Armstrong. You'll find links to everything Monica mentioned in today's episode in our show notes, as well as on our website at changeacademypodcast.com, where you can also send us an email or leave us a voicemail. If you're finding this podcast helpful, we hope you'll subscribe or even better, give our show a rating or review in your favorite podcast app. Or, best of all, share this episode with a friend or colleague you think would enjoy it. Now here's to the changes we choose.